Howdy, and welcome to episode 17 of Cast Protection. Cast Protection is a podcast that discusses the Netflix original series Stranger Things. My name is Jonathan Kreitz, and I am joined by Dave Atterbury. Breathe. Sunflower. Three to the left, (laughs) four to the right. And Chris Tyler. You you still have that bat, right? That's right. (laughs) You can reach us at uh, castprotection at gmail.com. At, at Cast Protection on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Um, I double-checked. I didn't see any new reviews on iTunes. Um, right. We definitely would like uh, like some more. So if you like the show and, and want other people to hear about it as well, you know, feel free to drop a good review on iTunes. Um, I don't really have any, any other announcements or any other notes other than they're starting to be. Uh, I, I start seeing a few headlines here recently regarding season three, oh, but well, mostly they're good. like, well, mostly they're like, you know, David Harbor or other people from the cast basically saying they don't really know when season three will be, but it doesn't sound like it's. It, they're not like ready to go for it right now. Like it sounds like if it's going to be this year, it would be very late this year, if not really into 2019. Okay, is the impression I'm getting. Uh, just from what I've seen, but we'll see. Also, uh, well, okay, speaking of David Harbour, so I got on a little, um, in the last couple of years, I've gotten a little uh, West Wing Aaron Sorkin kick. Okay. Uh, the show, the old show, The West Wing. And he also had another show uh, on HBO called The Newsroom, oh, which yeah. I remember thinking was just okay, but anyhow... I uh, we got frozen in over Martin Luther King holiday that week down here in Houston, and me and my wife watched the first season. And David Harbour's totally in in that show, which I did not recall. I hadn't really looked at his IMDb, but he's like a recurring character on that show, which is so weird to see him for one be a little bit younger, and he's a lot thinner. Yeah. <laughs> like he didn't have his like his like you his know dad bod yet. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, no beard, no like sunken like eyes, you know, from uh, nice. the stress of you know being the sheriff of you know this or the chief of police <laughs> in this small town. Um, but it was just so funny how you see these people from Stranger yeah. Things popping up all over the place. But uh, I thought that was cool. I hadn't, yeah, like I said I was not I expecting I- to see that. I think I've only ever seen them in uh, Quantum of Solace was the only other movie I think I've seen him in. I haven't seen that in so long, I didn't remember he was in that either. Yeah, he was like a sleazy CIA guy that like... He, 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 him and Felix oh, meet with the bad this. guy on a plane. Oh, like, hey, yes, that's movie. vaguely coming back to me. Okay. Yeah. See, I only it's, recall it's him bit from uh, Suicide Squad. He's that was the only other thing I Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot, only yeah. Just brief. Yeah, I fell asleep to watch that, so I really missed his scenes. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's all right. He's going to be Hellboy, so. Yeah. Yeah. I love Hellboy. I'm excited about that one. I'm excited about that one. I like the old movies. I like their style, but I'm hoping for a new, like, take that a little closer to the comics. Well, it's Neil Marshall that's doing it, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't know who's doing it, yeah. Yeah, but his that stuff in gener- right. generally I like. Doomsday I really liked. Dog Soldiers I really liked. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. It should no, be that'll good. be good. Well, I, I love, love, love the Hellboy comics I've read. Yeah, I don't exactly. think I've actually read them all, actually, but I've read the majority of them, and 
something about Magnolia's art and how he incorporates all these, you know, weird folk legends, yeah. like horrific folk legends, <laughs> yeah. and the, all his stories. I just, just love. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a Twilight Zone show with like a recurring hero. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like out limits, maybe, you know, like, it is definitely its own thing. You know, it's yeah. it, it, a singular mind came up with that idea. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just, so, you know, there's obviously if you had any sort of knowledge of all those legends across Europe and everywhere else, he's kind of drawing from, you know, it's a very rich, obviously a very rich uh batch of stories i guess and mm-hmm. legends and everything else you could draw from to uh make an awesome comic comic book series so hopefully the movie i have no idea if it's going to be adapting something we've already had like story wise or if it'll be an original tale but i'm pretty excited for it especially since chief hopper is going to be the hero yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right well with that let's uh let's Hop into Chapter 5, Dig Dug. So, at the buyer's house, Joyce is still putting together pieces of the drawings. They've spread over the entire house now. Um, Mike tries to help Will and suggests that maybe Will can spy on the shadow monster, but Will is concerned that the shadow monster will spy back. Mike says that they won't let him, which, when he said that, I'm like, okay, how, but... Yeah. (laughs) Okay, if you say so, Mike. Uh, Hopper searches the tunnel... Uh, the tunnel under the, under the pumpkin patch until he gets sprayed by some pods lining the walls. Coughing and with blurred eyes, he stumbles back to the opening he dug but collapses and then we see the opening he dug grow back together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no. And it cuts the credits there. We come back to the episode proper. Jonathan and Nancy are checking into a cheap motel. Yeah, they get a double, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that that motel totally. Well, we'll get to that, but it totally looked like you know, like from a scary movie kind of motel. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like dimly, dimly lit. You know, with a right. kind of a weird woman at the front desk, something from a scary movie. But they get a double bedroom and reminisce about how they only hang out when the world is ending. And Nancy asks, "What happened to them? That Jonathan just disappeared?" And he says that Will really needed him, and that she had Steve. And she says that she waited for him, to which Jonathan replies, yeah, for a month. The subsets in the Hensi, and they go to sleep. Nice. The next morning, Will, like, jolts awake and tells Joyce that he saw Hopper in the Upside Down, and he's afraid he may die. Hopper wakes up and realizes that his way out is gone, and the only chance he has is to keep moving, and he moves deeper into the tunnels. Lucas asks his dad for advice on how to deal with women while they're eating breakfast, uh, and, uh, in Lucas's uh, home and tells his parents that he is going to Dustin's when he is really going to meet Max. And at Dustin's, uh, Dustin gets his mom out of the house to go looking for Muse, and this gives him enough time to trap Dart in the cellar. <laughs> While this is going on, Elle has hitchhiked to the address for Terry Ives. Uh, the woman who is actually her aunt won't let her in until she uses her mind powers to unlock the door. Terry is saying the same words over and over and over again, and Elle wants to know what's wrong with her. <clears> that same day, Jonathan and Nancy arrive at Murray's, and he already knows who they are. He shows them his work on the events of the previous fall, especially his timeline of Barb's disappearance. Nancy and Jonathan correct him on all the details of that and tells him that he may want to sit down. 
Max arrives at the arcade to play and finds her game out of order. The manager tells her that a machine in the back is working, but it's really a trap set by Lucas so he can have her alone to talk. He begins to tell her the truth about what happened to Will the previous fall. And then we cut to Will. Will, scribbling out the piece of the tunnel where Hop is. It still makes no sense to Joyce and Mike. They have no reference for what he's drawing. But then Bob arrives to bring some brain teasers for Will. They used to make him feel better as a kid when he'd be sick. Joyce convinces him to leave, but then realizes that maybe he could help. He is obviously concerned when he sees all the craziness inside, but after a few moments, the drawings click for him, and he realizes that they are a map of Hawkins and that the, ma- the paths don't cross water. Hop is still trying to find his way out and ends up in a room that's full of the remains of dead animals. Something is definitely alive in these tunnels. He realizes the vines the walls are made of react to fire, so he makes a torch that lets him clear enough of the wall away to begin to try and dig his way out. Dustin is having a rough day. No one will answer his radio code reds, and he is burying news in the backyard. I know. it's the, the Dustin is so, like, Struggle. he's been good, but from here on out, he's just, like, just so great. Yeah. He's having a rough day. So, finally, Erica, Lucas's sister, answers, but she just tells him to shut up and turns off Lucas's radio. <laughs> Becky Ives, back at the Ives house, is trying to find out where Elle or Jane, as she her real name is, has been and tries to break it to her gently that Terry is stuck and probably gone for good. Soon the lights begin flickering, but instead of a Demogorgon, like we had in season one, the lights lead them back to Terry in the living room and Elle says she wants to talk. At the buyer's house, <clears throat> Bob has a rough estimate of where Hopper supposedly is, based on the map they have, and it's about a half mile south of Danford. They all leave to check it out. Dustin is totally cut off from the party. He can't get anyone on the phone at the Wheelers or the Buyers. He goes to Mike's house and has a great conversation with uh, Mr. Wheeler, who informs him that his kids no longer live here. Just as he profanely goes to leave, Steve pulls up with flowers for Nancy. Dustin tells him that she isn't there and instantly recruits uh, Steve to help him by asking if he still has his bat, the one with the nails. Hop is digging, but gives up as he can't get his way out. He can't find his way out. As he sits down to have a smoke, the vines actually attack him and begin constricting him into the floor. Lucas finishes telling Max's story of season one, and she says it's a good story if a little derivative. Ha, eventually, ha, ha. I know, lol. But uh, eventually, he comes, or she comes to believe him, just because he is so visibly scared and upset that, you know, she that he actually told the truth to someone. And as she leaves, Billy sees that they've been hanging out again. So, dun dun dun. Um, Nancy finishes playing the tape for Murray, but he needs to think about how to expose the story. If they publish just the straight truth, it'll be too fanciful and no one will believe it, so they'll moderate it. At the Hawkins lab, Owen's team doesn't discover anything about the soil samples, that is, until they apply heat to it, at which point it reacts and swirls like a tornado. As do all of the other samples that are not in the same vials. Right, right. And I don't know if I might have been, like, dozing when I watched this initially when it came out last year. I didn't recall that scene, like, at all. When we got to that part, I was like, did I just totally miss that before? But, yeah, that was really cool when they... That was, like, four in the morning for you when you got to that part. I have no idea. It might have been. I don't know. Um, 
Back with Eleven, where Jane is going by now. Becky is making her a blindfold. She reaches in, Eleven reaches into Terry's mind, and we are treated to an intense flashback of Jane's birth. All the nonsensical words that Terry repeats over and over again are actually images from her memories. The only images left after a failed attempt to get Elle out of Hawkins' lab as a little girl. Joyce and Bob and the boys, they can't find Hop, but Will has a premonition and tells them to turn, and they find his truck. Bob is freaking out about what's going on, but Joyce digs right in uh, to the hole that Hopper had dug, and they go down into the tunnel. They find Hop's trail and continue looking for him, and just then, a team from the lab arrives and follows them in. Joyce and Bob get Hop free just in time for the hazmat team to arrive and start to burn the tunnel. Hop gets his hat before dashing out. As soon as they put the flame to the tunnel, Will, outside in the field, falls to the ground in a seizure and screams at a supernatural pitch, and that is the end of Chapter 5. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot happened in this one. Yeah, and I feel like we <laughs> say that every episode, but it's totally true. These middle episodes, it's just like oh, yeah. going for broke, you know I mean? Just pretty dense. Yeah, I mean... This is- this is the one that always sucks me in, and I end up watching to the end of the season every time I, I watch this episode. If we weren't recording, I was going to continue. I literally rewatched this right before we jumped on. So. Uh-huh. It's like, damn yeah. it. I yeah, watched well, I mean, all of them last it, night. Uh, <laughs> no, I have not yet. Uh, I, I would love to, but I, maybe I'll watch one after this. We'll see. But, I mean, it... it because I think it, this is the last night of the show, right? Or is there... No, there's still some more time, right? There's got to be some more time. Because uh, Elle hasn't gone on her adventure um, unless she's not quite synced up. No, There's got to be at least a day or two, right? No, there's still like two more days left. Yeah. Okay. Point, all, right, all right, all right. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's it it's getting on the like downhill slope, though, to the climax. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're... Oh, stuff's yeah. really starting to kind of come together. The the labs figuring out stuff's wrong. Um, obviously, Hopper is confirmed that something terrible is going on with with uh, the upside down. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. Oh yeah, it's a spooky opening. You know, once again they 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 kill that opening sequence before the credits. You know, just, oh yeah, you know. just to ratchet the tension up. You know, Oof. about five notches before. Mm-hmm. Making you wait to see what happens next. And they don't come back to him for a little while. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's the way the the stories, and I know we've said it before, but it's still totally true. The way they, they edit these stories, you know, together just to build the tension and suspense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they do a really good job. Um, well, I mean, I guess starting off, I'd say for. I guess you know you're just saying they they build up the tension by having that kind of pre-credit scene, and I guess I had remembered from my first viewing in my mind I thought he got trapped at the end of an episode, but they just used mm. it here to set up you know for the drama of the rest of this episode. So you know last episode he goes down in and has that awesome you yeah, know rotating flip. shot, um, but here you realize that oh no he's really screwed up by going in there alone. <laughs> yeah. I was watching that sequence and I, and I had, of course, I went for like the umpteenth time was thinking about, you know, Kurt Russell 80s movies. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I decided, you know what? We need to get him on the show for like season three. Kurt? But, like, do we know, do we know, like, is, is Hopper's dad like alive? Cause that would be awesome. I mean, would be he's not awesome. that old. Right. That's what I was thinking. Like, you know, if they meant talked about his parent, like, I think that would be kind of cool to have like Kurt Russell show up and be like Hopper's dad or something. Oh my god! I yeah, like, I don't know. Kurt and Goldie. That'd be amazing. <laughs> right? 
I was gonna right? say, speaking of Kurt nice. Goldie, I was gonna say maybe Hopper was one of uh, his kids in Overboard. That's it. Right. <laughs> yes. Is insane, you know, latchkey. Oh sure, yeah. Forest yeah. kids, yeah. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, Hopper could be the one that like was always looking at porn, like you know. Too funny. Well, that's yeah. That would be, of course, before he, you know, right. Uh, went and got killed in Central America, as we discussed. Right, in that's episode. true. Yeah, it's all part of the multiverse. That's it's right. all part of the multiverse. <laughs> no, Kurt Russell would be great, though. I mean, bring him in as... He, I'd be think it'd be awesome if he came in as a bad guy. Ooh, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like kind of like a... Yeah. Not even like a Brenner, like a scientist type, but maybe like from the military or something, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. He could be, he'd, be a, he'd be a really good, like, creepy heavy. Yeah. Know? Yeah, want to use L as a weapon. Right. Or weaponize the uh, upside down or something. Exactly. Yeah, and I, it's funny, you know, I said that that motel they stay at reminded me, or it, like, I thought, oh, it looked like something from a, a slasher movie or something like that. But, man, mm-hmm. I rode, I used to cycle a lot. And years ago, I rode in the Hotter Than Hell 100, which is a. Uh, it's a little over 100 miles. It's in Wichita Falls in August, which Wichita Falls is between, like, kind of between... It's in North Texas, almost the Oklahoma border. Yeah, I used to live in Wichita Falls. Okay, so. there you go. So, yeah, in August, it's, like, hotter than I'll get out up the hotter than hell, basically. Right. And I did a century ride up there, and it was awesome. But we stayed in a little motel that looked a lot like this one. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of nowhere, about 30 minutes outside of Wichita Falls, and you know, oh, Kristen yeah. and I were. It was just I know the area you're talking about. Yeah, there's like, mm-hmm. are we gonna make it out of here? You know, there's <laughs> like uh, like a a big gang of like guys yeah. just like drinking in the parking lot, you know, oh, in the wow. middle of the night, and it's like, oh boy, okay. okay. Oh yeah, I lived in a I lived in a hole in the wall apartment, like just outside of like, you know about like you said about 30 minutes outside of Wichita Falls so oh Dave I didn't know you did time in Texas oh yeah yeah, yeah. alright <laughs> yep just trying to get my way back there yeah yeah uh, so funny I don't even know the furthest west I've been in this country not that far west <laughs> yeah you made it past the Mississippi no wow no. I, I'm from the northeast I, I know I know we, I mean I <laughs> No, I, I know, I know. I, we don't I did, like. I did one summer in Georgia as a kid with an army deployment, and then, other than Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, I've never been east of the Mississippi. But you can take those two trips out, you know. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, you forget how big America really is. Of course, like, yeah. I mean, I grew up in West Virginia, so we would travel. We'd go to Florida. We'd go to the Carolinas. We'd go, you know. Ohio, whatever, but my grandparents lived in Texas, and so we would go down and visit them occasionally, but then eventually they moved up to where we were at, and yeah, until we moved over here, then we never came this way, yeah. Well, I was talking to my wife about it. it's, you know, when when you've only got two weeks of vacation in a year, you know, yeah. as a typical working person, you're basically stuck to wherever you can drive in a day from where you live, you yeah. know, <laughs> pretty much, you know what I mean? So it's like... If you're all the way up in Boston, you're not getting much farther than, you know. Maine, New Hampshire. Yep. 
Yep. New York. <laughs> the, in the land in the land of sea bugs, you know. So. Oh, yeah. Lobsters. Those, those, yeah. yeah. Delicious, <laughs> delicious bugs. So. We have crawfish here. Yeah. Crawfish. I've Don't had a crawfish. Fish. And a frog. Oh, I've had frogs yeah. too. I, I, I have no problem with frogs. In fact, crawfish season is like we're right on the cusp of crawfish season, which is just awesome. Going to crawfish boils over and over again. In fact, last year I went so many I got like totally sick of it by the time <laughs> we're done. So you only have like so many, you know, right? Crawfish oh, where you're like, okay, I can wait no, till next year. Give me all the shellfish and the corn and the potatoes. Just oh yeah, give it, give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah. Well, in Houston, yeah, we're all hungry, you know, so we're going to talk about food a lot. Yeah. I know, it seems like that's the way tonight's going. You know, like, we're so close to Louisiana, so there's, like, your traditional Louisiana style, but what's become super popular in the last, like, four or five years, I'd say, is the, the more, like, the Vietnamese style, mm. which is where they boil the crawfish, but then after they're done cooking, they toss the whole crawfish in, like, a spicy buttery garlicky sauce so then when you go to like peel the crawfish and break them up mm. that sauce is getting all over everything and all of your hands and it's really good that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah but um enough about crawfish sorry right. i'm on a tangent there but i love seeing you know we're, you know we had the scene with lucas's family and i think Maybe we saw one of his parents last season, like, open the door and say hello or something like that, because there definitely was a scene I or two when they when they make up, you know, they make up in season one. I don't think Luke's we ever see them. I think we just see his house, the kids in the house. living room, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, so we meet his parents here for the first time. and Is it the first uh, time, or is it the mom taking I think it is. Oh, uh, well, the mom Halloween. took pictures. She did. Oh, yeah. We yeah, did see she the did. The dad. Maybe it was the first yeah. time yeah. with the dad. Because then we Blinky also, that's yes. when Erica melts nerd to him. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it was a hilarious transition, too, like how you, you saw Hopper down in the tunnels and all the vines were getting him, mm-hmm. and they were making this, like, horrible, squishy, sucky noise, and then it mm-hmm. switches over to his sister making the same noise with the uh, the syrup bottle. I thought that was kind of a funny little yeah. Sweet, transition really there editing, yeah um and <laughs> lucas asked him like something along the lines of like like how do you disagree with mom i forget exactly how, how you, he phrased it what do you, do you well, what are you doing she gets you, mad at you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, uh, yeah. she's never wrong she's that's never what, wrong. that's what he said yeah. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> and I get her whatever she wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much how it works after 17 years of marriage. I still don't know anything, but I'm figuring that part out a little bit. So. <laughs> you I know, you know more than you're saying, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, before we get too far from it, I had a thought when I was watching the whole the Jonathan and Nancy in the hotel scene. Yeah. Cause it was interesting because I, I remember like, you know, at the end of season one, you know, that was one of the big questions we were like, Oh wow. You know, she ended up with Steve instead oh, yeah. uh-huh. of, instead of Jonathan, you know, and now we know that, you know, she, she basically said, Oh, I waited a month. You know what I mean? So we, we basically saw like that scene at the end of season one was basically like, I think her and Steve, like, Getting just, back together. Just getting back together because it was yeah, about right. a month at the, right. after at the end of the show. 
That's a good observation. Right. Well, and it was just kind of interesting, too, because I remember, like, it just made me think about the whole thing about, like, you know, we talk about, you know, we talked about it. A lot of people talked about it online, you know, and you see, like, you know, on the typical geek sites and people write articles and this, that, and the other. And, you know, and it gets into that whole thing of, like, you know, do you get, do you think the the writers are listening, that they're influenced by fan mm. theories, or are they just writing? You know what I mean? I and, think in this episode you get an idea that they listen a little bit. Well, well, yeah, and, and and it's an interesting thought, especially because you know, like right now as we're recording this, we're you know a little ways out from you know the latest Star Wars film, and that's kind of a big thing that came out of it too. You know, right? Ever right. you know all these fan theories. Some addressed, some completely ignored, some almost, you know, shot down on purpose, it seems like. Right. You know, and, and it's just it's just really interesting, like, to me, like, it's just something, I don't know, I, just, I was going to, like, ask you guys, like, what you thought about that. Like, do you think, you know, like, when the writers are going in to write the next season, do they need to be, like, checking all the usual spots on the internet where nerds hang out and, like, see what they're saying and cater to what they're saying or do you think that they should go off and write the story that they want to write and and you know unsullied by those things i i think they have a general idea of of where they want the stories to go but if if something glaringly obvious pops up and gets pointed out to them i think they're just i mean they do try to play fair they try to explain if they missed Mm -hmm. missed something or messed something up they're right. trying to address it in story, you know, which is better than you well, know, yeah. just an interview I, I, saying, "Well, this is what we blah 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 blah." You know, just put it yeah. in the show. I know, I know that I, I know I've read that they like Justice for Barb actually became a thing. Like, I know that influenced them that they actually said, "Yeah, we're going to address that straight out." So, um, I don't know. It's just interesting to me because I know, like, um. Because I brought it up with Star Wars, like I just read recently that, that the writer Ryan Johnson was saying, like he he was writing when they were still making Force Awakens, so you know there was no fan theories out. He was he was writing completely in a vacuum. Hmm. You, so what makes that so crazy is like this is like this huge billion dollar thing. You'd think they'd kind of have a general idea of what's going to go down before they. Right, kind of commit well, to the film, but it seems like they are kind of going just one from the one from like. Well, one and he next. was watching. You know, he had access to the script and he'd read through sure. Force Awakens, and and I said that he was like watch. He was basically watching the dailies and reacting to the movie that was as it was being made, and that's how he was writing his. Mm. Um. So you know, so that, so he was saying that like a lot of the things that people spent the next two years talking about who's Snoke, who's Ray's parents. You know, he's like, I didn't Where's address Luke? some of that. Yeah. I didn't address some of that stuff because that's just not where I went with it, you know. And so, and I, and so when I was watching this episode, I, I just kind of was thinking about that. I was like, you know, the whole like, I waited a month for you. That's how she ended up with Steve instead of Jonathan. It just made me wonder, you know, how much the writers are listening to, you know, because we're on the internet all the time now. You know, anything, every latest episode of every show, everybody's talking about it, theories, and it just makes me wonder. You know, how often writers are listening. Should they listen? Is it better if they do or don't? You know, what, you know, I'd I'd be curious just to kind of gauge the general, um, consensus out there of what people feel is appropriate and what they actually want. Yeah. I think Uh, I generally would just want them to do what they think 
they want to do for the story. Right. And kind of like, kind of like Chris said, like, well, if there's something like really obvious, you know, it's probably not going to get past them in hindsight. You know, they don't need us right. to point out stuff to them. I'm sure they're aware of stuff they yeah. missed or yeah. stuff they got messed up or whatever. But I, I pr- probably generally would think I'd prefer not to have them writing to try and satisfy like as many opinions yeah. out there as necessary, you know? Yeah, then you're just pandering at that yeah, point. I but, and, I don't, and I don't mind a certain level right, of pandering, right. but if that's all that your story is going to be, then you've probably lost whatever yeah. intentionality or validity that you had when you first came up with the ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, well, like, so, I feel like at that point it'd be, it just becomes trendy. Then you're just like, what's the flavor of the month that everybody's into? And that's what I'm going to write. You know, and there's plenty of that out there in entertainment. You can, you well, can and see in this show, shows that are like that. Yeah, and in this show, they're also balancing the line of, like, not wanting to just, like, inundate us with geeky uh, 80s references right? just because, right. you know. Um, but I, I do think, obviously, they, they've they heard the opinions of their show just from what Max, you know, not to skip ahead, but what she says tongue-in-cheek to Lucas, you yeah. know, oh, you know, good, good, good story, if a little derivative. You right. know, like, right. so I think to me that's almost like, okay, we, we know you guys are out there, but we're going to just yeah. go ahead with what we got here. Yeah, like, that's how I took that part. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, anybody that's of our age, though, knows it's derivative to a point. It's, it's I, That line just yeah. fell f- so flat for me. Which is, oh, yeah, no, no, no. no. I, it, was, it was a little on the nose, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, extremely on the nose. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't, and she, I don't feel like she's the strongest of the children actors in the cast. Not that she's done, like, a bad job, but I just don't feel like she's kind of up and down. And uh, I don't feel like she delivered that part, you know, great. But I feel like she's the best with Billy. Like, her acting is the best in her parts with Billy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily... Well, it's I mean it's it's just cuz such a, a strong personality to play off of and and you can tell she acts very differently after Lucas has stopped her from leaving and when he covers her mouth you can see it in her eyes like oh mm-hmm. okay and her whole kind he's, of tenor he's serious. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, it's she's an interesting character too cuz it's like I almost feel like you know, because the boys are pretty easy to to get into everything. You know, you see it all the way through the first even in the season and even this one. You know how they're they're kind of still willing and open. You know, yeah, to yeah. to believe and and look at look at the world with childlike wonder. You know, they're they're the four guys still dressing up for Halloween. You know, nobody right. else is. You know what I mean? And it's interesting because I think she leans that way, but it's almost like Billy's kind of. Uh, beaten a lot of cynicism into her you know what i mean because he's just so angry and he's so like you know just looking to put her under his thumb all the time i mean he doesn't say anything to her if it isn't just like what what did i tell you oh yeah i mean he's just he's just ruthless to her constantly he never lets up on her not even for a minute you know and so I, i think so she's kind of you know, she's riding that line of, you know, I still would love to be a kid and play Dig Dug and ride my skateboard, but 
you know, I've got this whole ugly divorce, remarriage, crazy stepbrother thing going on that's just a little too, you know, a little too ugly to to keep me to be lighthearted, you know, like the boys are, you know, especially because like Lucas and Dustin, I think this season they're like, like they're not as traumatized as like Mike and Will are, you know, you kind of see in this episode, especially you see Mike and Will, they're they're bonding over the fact that. You know, last year sucked, and this year still kind of, you know, kind of sucks. It, whereas Dustin and Lucan are like, we had a cool adventure. It was awesome, you know, and like, they're they're not as traumatized, I think. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, just I mean, from the beginning, Lucas has been pretty straight laced. He's like the no nonsense yeah. one, anyway. Well, it took him the longest time just to, you know, believe he's, in the first season. You know, he's the yeah, he's the yeah. he's the Scully. You know, yeah. Yeah, he's also the one coming. He's the only one coming from a, a what we would consider a, a stable nuclear family too. That's what it seems right. like. At least. Parents yeah. are right. still together. Yeah. Uh, get along. Yeah, his parents yeah. get along. Mike's parents don't get along. Mm. Lucas, we don't know where his dad. I mean, Dustin, we don't know where his dad is, and we we know how you know Will from the wrong side of the tracks with his family situation. So. Right, right. I don't know. Maybe that speaks volumes. I mean, but again, he also, um, the father served in Vietnam, right? I mean, that's where he got all of his binoculars and the headband and everything, right? So. right. Yeah. That's that's the idea I get. Yeah. Yeah. If he's coming from a military family, then it's going to probably be no nonsense. You know, make your bed and get up on time and this Mm -hmm. is just the way things are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Been there, that. <laughs> it was cool to see uh, see his family, especially his sister, who's hilarious. Yes, yeah, she is. Oh my gosh, she's so funny. Well, she has yeah. the proper pancake syrup technique. You don't just do a little. You gotta do. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, especially since that looked like Mrs. Butterworth's. It was Buttersworth. That's what I was gonna oh, say. Oh yeah. Oh, I love. I love you, Mrs. B. Hmm. <laughs> I'm from yeah, New England. Awesome. I don't even want Vermont maple syrup. I want Mrs. Butterworth's. Awesome. Oh, we bad. were a log cabin family growing up, but now uh, in my own family, it's, it seems like we somehow ended up with Hungry Jack. We do Hungry Jack. Or no, Aunt Jemima. Sorry, Aunt Jemima. Oh, Aunt, Aunt Jemima. everything mm-hmm. when yeah. it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But um, poor Dustin's mom. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> we, already, oh. we already joked about how she's got, you know, uh, gonna have a rough year with the election later on, but uh, not only that is that her son is deceiving her as to the fate of her poor cat. Um, what a pro at fake phone calling. Oh my god! It's oh my genius. gosh! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do, I do. I feel so. But she seems like such a sweet woman. You can't just say the cat's dead. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what do you right. It, it, it reminded me a lot of, like, I had one, not even a year, maybe nine months of living with my mom, you know, after the divorce, just me and mom living together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it reminded me a lot of that. You know, mom's a little fragile. She's a little, you know what I mean? And you're kind of having to play, you know, son and, like, you know, not husband, but you got to, like, kind of. You know, get more. You got to get more emotional support than a kid normally does. You know, right? It just, it just made me laugh because I was just like, oh my gosh, like I kind of remember that. You know, it was, it was brief for me. Right. It's probably been longer for Dustin, but yeah, yeah. that scene was kind of funny. 
Oh no, it was funny. It's played for laughs. It's not meant to be like a, a serious part, but he, him just smooth talking her out of the house to go look for the cat was hilarious. And then he has an awesome like Schwarzenegger commando. Oh, uh, that was two packages you know, of Oscar Mayer that he pulled out. It of had to be. Fridge. It had that to was be so much baloney. He was it dropping was. a piece like every six inches. Like he was, yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, my that was like a, a whole baloney like tube like sausage that he was slicing mm-hmm. up to go that mm-hmm. far. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's funny. But yeah, he has an awesome like Schwarzenegger. Like mount up uh, montage with his oh, yeah. with all his gear, which was great. <laughs> Catcher's chest uh, chest protector, yep. Catcher's helmet, yep, and uh, goalie hockey, hockey goalie stick. stick and goalie pads, and then just yep. like oven mitts. Oh <laughs> my gosh, <it's> so good. <laughs> yeah, and and so and hey, let's, so I don't know if we've talked about. I mean, the you know dart being like totally different than the demogorgon from last year i mean yeah well we haven't really talked about it so far because this is when it's really just becoming a thing i guess but yeah this yeah i mean it's interesting so yeah so so why the four legs versus like what was more humanoid last season i mean oh it totally was like a malevolent like had thought behind it was more like a person, like you said, like humanoid last season. To right. this is much more of just like wild animal type situation. We, I mean, we don't know. I mean, we, you know, this. Yeah. We don't know what the life cycle of these upside down dimension creatures are, and we don't know what right. the variety of species in the upside down is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got living tube vine things and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. reptile dogs and reptile humans it's we just we just don't know it's all it's still yeah. relatively unexplored right well i know yeah i was just curious what you guys, if you guys had any thoughts on it it kind of reminded me of alien like you know how there's like slight variations you know from movie to movie we're getting slight variations from season to season mm-hmm. maybe definitely i could see that Although, and and the quantity too yeah we don't know that just right. quite yet but yeah right. Well, and it was interesting because, like, you know, the first time we see the the demogorgon when Elle sees it, you know, in the Upside Down, it was, like, sitting there, like, taking care of, like, an egg, you know? But we know that Dart is, like, you know, Will had a thing put in his mouth, (laughs) you know, and then he spit up Dart and then Dart, you know, so... Yeah. It just it, it's interesting, like if you know if the humanoid ones come from the eggs or you know if Dart will eventually like lay eggs or something I don't know. Right. It's interesting just stuff I was thinking about when he was running around chasing it you know in his hockey pads or catcher's mitt or whatever it was. It well, was and the sunlight didn't appear to bother that one too too much when he got it to come outside the house mm. to trap it in the cellar either. Well, yeah, um, I think it, I don't even I don't think it's yeah I think it's just the heat rather than. Light. Maybe, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, the yeah. light that he had oh, in his yeah. turtle cage is one of those heat lamps you get for sure, like a sure. reptile. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So yeah, we we know the upside down does not like heat. Yeah. So. Yeah, Dustin, well, what, a, what a pro! I just love. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You you ate my cat. He's <laughs> 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 like late there. Justice for Muse. Oh. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, to transition from Dustin from right now over to the Murray uh, character and Jonathan and Nancy kind of coming over to him to for, uh, to basically talk about what was really going on the previous year. What do you guys think of the Murray character? I mean, we, we met him briefly early in the season when he's trying to talk to Hop, but what do you guys think about him? I wasn't expecting him to actually come back after the... Um the first episode, I thought that was just mm-hmm. going to be a fun little throwaway thing. Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there's people out there that are trying to follow up with stuff, but... Yeah. Um, it's... I don't know if the character feels out of place, but it's definitely... He's from a de- very different... Uh, I don't even know what the word is. It's every paranoid conspiracy theory obsessed person mm-hmm. that you know uh who happens to be on the right track it just doesn't have all the pieces but yeah he's he's performing a necessary function and unfortunately in this episode we don't get the full breadth of his character it's in the in the next one we're really where we do yeah. um, but i mean Jonathan and Nancy at this point don't they can't go to anybody that they know i mean there's just there's no way right. for them to go to anybody that they know and it's not like they could pull a, a fire starter and just mail the tape everywhere because yeah. like Murray says you know when you just send it out there into the world then the authorities are just going to go and nah, that's that's baloney so right. it's yeah. the two of them on their own wouldn't wouldn't be able to get any of this traction it's they needed that outside entity the one who's already thought of all the angles. Um, and he's, I think he's an interesting character, especially once we get to see him again in the, in the next one. He's, yeah. I mean, there's clearly a reason why he doesn't look like he's in a relationship and he's living in a, (laughs) in like a converted (laughs) warehouse. And you know, he's, he's that guy. I mean, the, the pursuit of the truth is, is his reason Mm -hmm. for being, you know, it's might, it might've made him a little, Little antisocial, a little crazy, whatever you oh, want right. to call it, but he's he's the right guy at the right time. Right. Yeah. yeah. He comes off less uh, hucksterish in this episode. Yeah, you know? he's certainly like he's not more, that. He's more Mulder and less, like, con man, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, he's obviously, like, yes, I would agree. He is truly trying to find out what really happened. Right. I mean, he the passion part of it is where he... You know, he's very passionate about his conspiracies and what, you know, getting to the bottom of the truth and all that. So that, yeah. like, that passion that, you know, get the truth no matter what. Right. That's what kind of makes him seem like, you know, uh, I don't want, yeah, antisocial or like that's what's kind of making him antisocial is yeah. he, that's like, he's obsessive about it to a degree. But, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely yeah, he's on the right track, though, you know. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he's and he's smart and he's. I thought he was a good character. I, I thought I had in the notes here. He reminded me of like the the lone gunman characters from the X Files. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To a degree, I mean, not exactly, yeah. but then I'm like, well, is there like something in popular culture, like in the late eighties, or in, this would be like the mid eighties, I guess, but like from the eighties going into the nineties, where like conspiracy theory culture had like really blossomed, or has it always been something? I think that it's just was, or it's always been there. I just I think in the nineties it was more popularized by 
shows like uh you know sightings and unsolved mysteries and mm-hmm. right ripley's right. believe it or not and in search of i mean that's he's well, kind ripley's of a, is, ripley's is pretty 80s you know yeah he's just a king so. a conglomeration of of all those yeah. different tropes you know it's yeah. Uh, yeah he's um well he's, yeah, cer- he's certainly more likable in this because the first two times we run into him, you know, they they kind of were playing. I don't know if they changed their idea later on in the season, but you know, the first time you see him, like Hopper's just trying to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, I know, mean, we have to you know, figure it. And not stop the taking the money time. from. Right. Yeah, but but he but he mentions, and you you see in the next episode, like he's he's you know getting paid by Barb's parents to try to find Barb. You know what I mean. And so just from the perspective we get from Nancy's perspective and Steve's perspective and the parents, you know, Barb's parents perspective, you know, I, I, I felt like in the first couple instances, they talk about Murray's character, you know, you're, you're feeling more like he's taking advantage of them just because, you know, we know he's on the wrong track and, you know, maybe he's not really trying to find Barb, but then in this, you kind of see, Oh no, he really is trying to find Barb. He's got his whole like wall of weird up and everything. And, you know, so. Yeah, and if he was taking the money, he probably wouldn't be holed up in where he is. I mean, or maybe maybe he's just that paranoid. I have to be somewhere with no windows. Well, you know, right. windows that no one's going to be able to see me in my weirdness. Well, yeah, and I, and I you know, and I just talking about that, you just mentioned that, like, it reminded me, I remember, remembered that, I think they mentioned, like, he was, like, a regular journalist at one point, and then he basically got fired for being too weird. Okay. Yeah. So he's probably like, you know, this is how he's like making a living now. So he's he's Kolchak the the Night Stalker if Kolchak went on a, a bender and never really recovered. Right. Because Kolchak right, was yeah. a reporter too. Well, that look. I mean, like when when they first walk into his place and they, you know, Jonathan and Nancy walk in and he does that like, you know, like crazy like looking to see if the coast is clear. You know, yeah. like at oh, the yeah. door. He's he's a little wacky. Like, you know, yeah, it's a little arch, but it's, uh, yeah, it's well, it comes down from there pretty quick. You know what I mean? And, and like you said, like in the next episode, we really get to see it a little more of them. So he's, he's pretty interesting. I could see him coming back maybe if the story's right in yeah. another season, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, the next kind of section with this one is that Lucas, you know, tricks Max to meet him in the mm. back and finally kind of comes clean on what really happened the previous year. But the rub is that she she doesn't believe him, you know. They, he actually does finally tell her the truth, and she doesn't believe him. But uh, How could you? <laughs> you know? I know. I know. Right. right. Well, and I mean, what and what I said before is what eventually sells her, I think, on it is his, like, just insistence that if she doesn't keep it quiet, they're going to die. Like, they could be killed, you know, to keep this right. quiet. And that's when she realizes, well, I don't, I don't know if she's, like, completely bought in, but she knows at least that he's serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think she's starting to, to turn a little bit because he's a little intense about it. <laughs> You know, it's a funny scene though. It know. is, yeah. Keep a PG in here, like that. <laughs> yeah, that guy that works at the arcade. Oh yeah, God. I didn't write his name down, but he he's Ooh. funny. Yeah, 
Promise me that date. Right. I, I saw him, uh, Joy and I watched Logan Lucky the other night. Okay. And he's in it, he's in it too. And, you know, he looks exactly the same. Just that. Oh, he does. oh my gosh. He is like, I'm like, just roll with it, guy. Just embrace the fact that you're like a schlub because it's glorious. Like, he's just like, oh man. Woo. Yeah. So. So in this episode, we, we finally get to where Bob the Brain is gonna save the day. This is where Bob really starts to come in and kind of take care of business. So, um, Mikey always sees the map. What's what's at the X? Mikey always sees the map. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, now that one was on the nose, but I liked it. It Oh, I did too. You know what I mean? Sean Astin really like sold that one. Well, it's it's on the nose for us. I mean, how many kids that have watched the Goonies know that? True. Mikey. Well, even my kids. even my kids, yeah, they, I can't tell them like that's Mikey. You know, they were like, "What?" You know, so I had to <laughs> I had to show them pictures and be like, "When you get old, sometimes you get fat. It's okay." Like, well, especially when you have to do Lord of the Rings and they tell you to eat as much as you want. So, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Bob is Bob is great. Like, I it, it's well, and you know, he's he's just like too good to be true. Foreshadowing. Oh, no. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it, he. It really does bring a smile to my face every time he does pop up because it's because it is Mikey and it is Sam. It's oh, like yeah. uh, you know, oh, yeah. and and uh, everything the, about him. Like like later when he's like, "Hey Bob, hey Jim, like hey, Jim. just yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so good. So like, matter of fact. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's one I, of those yeah. things. Yeah, like where's why isn't Sean Astin in more stuff? You know. Well, and it's so cool in that scene because he, you can tell he's concerned when he comes in. I mean, this is insane to walk into a house like that, but he 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 handles it pretty well. He rolls with the punches pretty well. I mean, he yeah. immediately, you know, he's kind of the whole time he's talking to them and like, what is going on here? Are you guys okay? Is everything okay? He's still looking around and just like almost subconsciously. Yeah, putting it together that oh this is a map. I recognize that's that shape. A, yeah, I think that's his personality though. It's like any super nagging concerns that he had are are gone once he is engrossed in the the puzzle. In the big the puzzle. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and he's also he hasn't been dating Joyce too long. You know, we saw in an earlier episode like the first time he like stayed over. You know, so it's obviously a pretty new hookup. And so he's still in that, like, you know, like, I got to roll with the punches part of the relationship, yeah, you know, yeah. like he's got to kind of just, you know what I mean? I, you know, I got this, I got this hot girlfriend and I got to like, you know, I can't screw this up. So right. I'm not going to tell her that she's kind of crazy, you know, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> it his, makes first, her his first concern is for, for Will and her. I right. mean, it's like you both, both of you, you don't look well. Yeah. 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 For sure. No, I think he does a really good job. Like he he does he does a good job of, of riding that line of, you know, between incredulity and you know and being like you said like totally excited because he's like, ooh, it's you know, oh we're going like you know like it's it's a map we're gonna you know like he's just like you know, so which you know it it he's a lot like the boys you know what I mean like he's you know, so yeah, yeah I mean the, he is he's basically he is 
just like them, just growing up, you know, but mm-hmm. still retaining that, that sense of adventure that they still, they have. Um, yeah. so, um, we basically over at the Ives house have a, what I thought was a cool callback to season one where the blinking lights in the house lead to something. Mm-hmm. Um, only this time it's Terry, not, you know, the Demogorgon. Um, yeah. Did y'all, I mean, what'd y'all, what'd y'all think of eventually? Like, I mean, we, we really kind of get more from Elle's backstory here, at least her backstory outside of the Hawkins lab Mm -hmm. than we've had so far. And again, this was one of the other big surprises for me this season. I I honestly wasn't expecting this storyline. The way it's, the way it's played in season one where Hop and Joyce find Terry and she's just, completely catatonic you think that's the end of it i mean right 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 uh, so the the fact that they've used that as a as a springboard for 11's progression now is uh you know it, it is pretty pretty amazing and the in the fact oh, yeah. that it's it's a daughter reconnecting with a mother that she's never known and it's a mother that can't can't say anything i mean it's mm-hmm. it's pretty heartbreaking but uh, yeah i was um i really did enjoy the uh the flashback too i mean it 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 instantly Mm -hmm. adds more menace to brenner because he's there and it and it adds another layer of it it adds a whole other character into this show uh which i mean the world building of this season Mm -hmm. i've already said is is fantastic it makes it so much larger and richer uh but just the fact Mm -hmm. that this there was this woman you know, twelve years yeah. ago, that was done seriously wrong through no fault of her own. You know, it's we didn't. You know, we never really get why she ended up the way she ended up in the first season. We don't know if she was drugged or experimented on. Nope, not nothing. Even that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't go that deep into it. Yeah. yeah, it's just we. She came in. She wanted to get her kid out. We caught her and we fried her brain with electricity. I mean, we. Ooh, we, that we, scene. We Ooh. pulled a, a, yeah. a, a, a clock a cuckoo's nest. Cuckoo's on her. nest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. that's really all there is to it. Right. Well, yeah. it's interesting. Like, I didn't even think about it until rewatching it for this show, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, I didn't really glo- pick up on the fact. Like, I was like her mom you know like her nose bleeds like she has the yeah. power you know she could do stuff too yeah you know and i was like oh so there's something that could you know come up again you know well i almost and i that was really cool i kind of assumed that you know that l was going to go down and like fix her basically like whatever had mm-hmm. gotten like mm-hmm. damage in her brain or, or like had her trapped in her own mind or whatever you want to call it that mm-hmm. She was calling to Elle to get her to come down and like they were gonna fix her, but that's not how it really goes. I mean, she's still the same maybe, even after. Maybe, maybe she could, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, but it's. You know. I think Elle's powers are increasing for sure. So I mean, right. you never know like what they'll what they'll do next. But well, and and maybe wonder like you know, you know, she saw her mom's memories. You know, she saw herself being born. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it just made me wonder, I was like, I was like, wow, like, you know, you know, her mom's got power. She has powers. Can she do this with other people? Like, could she see, you know, Mike's memories or, 
or mm-hmm. Hopper's memories. Like, right. can she, um, you know, it just, it just kind of like, you know, you know, what are the extent of her powers? You know, could she heal her mother? Could she, you know, like, it's just, it's really interesting. You know, it could be really, really kind of wild. So, yeah, and who knows? You know, she heals her mom and then, you know, do we call her 11 anymore? Do we start calling her Jane? Yeah, you know? She's always going to be 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I would do. It's just cooler, but, you know. Yeah, it's, um, and it, and it's, and in that, those scenes there with mm-hmm. Terry and, and Jane and, um, I can't remember the aunt's name. It, they're super, Becky, I think. Becky? But yeah, they're super touching. I mean, it's, yeah. this woman left her room alone and then the, then her sister left the baby's room alone for yeah. all this time. Like, mm. heartbreak. Uh, it's, that's the kind of stuff that just, yeah. Uh, kills you. Well, you know, and, and the aunt gets a lot of closure here. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Eleven's yeah. able to tell her exactly validated. what happened and yeah, why yeah. and, you know, and like, which is, she would have never had those answers if Eleven hadn't come. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, she has that, that layer of bitterness she has in the first season is, is pretty much washed away once her niece comes, comes knocking. Yeah. You know, yeah. she does, they both have family that they weren't aware of what the extent of their relationship will be remains to be seen, but it's, it's real. I mean, there's proof of, of a family there. That's yeah. It wouldn't shock me if we come back to it in future seasons as well. I mean, well, I don't know if there's much of their story left, you know, or their part in the story, but there's a big chunk. Who's dad. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I mean, it it, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise it's, me if it's Brenner. Um, you, know. you know, it could be any number of things. You know, it's Kurt Russell. <laughs> there you go. Now we're talking. You know. Oh no! Or they get the they get the dad from Firestarter. That would just be. Oh my god! If they got, <laughs> so meta. If they got Keith <laughs> David, that would be hilarious. Be awesome. Oh no! Get the other Keith David, the black one. Just David just Keith, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other Keith David. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> no, it's yeah. It, I knew what you meant, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. David Keith. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I always get that backwards in my head. I know. Uh, it's, it's so funny. It's hilarious. Oh, he's just got such a great, great voice. All I, every time I think of him now, if I'm not thinking of. Of childs, I think of him from Armageddon. You putting the fate of the universe into the hands of a bunch of retards, I wouldn't trust with a potato gun. <laughs> like that's all I can think of. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, dad. Dad, I, I'm really curious about where that can go and and everything. So, well, it makes and it was funny. I was thinking about that, and I thought, and I was, and it just. Because the dad was the one that got all the nosebleeds in Firestarter. Yeah. Yeah. So that also made me think, like, you know, with Elle and her powers growing and what are the extent of her powers, you mean, I mean, her nosebleeds every time, I mean, are they killing her? Are they hurting her? Well, Is it just not, a, well, they've not you know? shown any, like, cumulative, like, for him, he, I mean, you could tell it was taxing him and hurting him every time. Yeah. yeah. And you can well, tell it, she strains, but it's almost like in the first season, it's making she it sound like, well, she says to eat some more and she'll she, be okay. She, well, right, she was right. real, she'd, she'd get real weak. Now she doesn't yeah. get weak. She gets like zen. No. She puts the, the yeah. blindfold on and puts the static on and yeah, she gets a little bit of a nosebleed, but she's right up and at him right afterwards. Mm-hmm. So she's, 
as she's yeah. getting older and, and f- more physically strong, then it seems like she's her her brain is too. Right, right, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I was just curious what you guys thought about that. I, know I, that, that I was hope a, they don't. I hope they don't go the route of her like powers, you know, killing her just because. Yeah, know, I don't want. I don't want that for her. But yeah, I mean, maybe they will. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um. And I guess this episode also begins what I think we can all agree was the unexpected buddy story we all needed, and that would be the Ballad of Dustin and Steve. Yeah. Romance for the ages. Oh yes. Seriously, it is. It's, it was. <laughs> I mean, totally unexpected, but it, it. This is the beginning of a of a beautiful story between the two of them. Yeah, it's a it's a right. it's a big brother little brother relationship. It, it is. It really we're, is. We're getting there. We're getting. Yeah. There. It no, is. Yeah. They, ju- they just started really here, but just Dustin's immediate like, you're coming. You know, you're taking me. We're going together. You know, uh, mm-hmm. was was just really funny. Yeah. And his whole conversation with Mr. Wheeler and who's oh. yelling at Mrs. Wheeler, who's on the phone, you know. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mr. Wheeler continues scene. to just be oh my the gosh. biggest potato in the history of this well, He's show. just got, like, the dopiest face. Like, he just is, I don't know. He's just oh, biding yeah. time. He's just doing he's time at his own house, I guess. But he's, he's not even effectual enough to be a jerk. He's just a lump. I uh, know. It's just know. A, a useless, useless lump. I, I feel like he'll be the character at the end of Stranger Things that'll have, like, the line, like, the grandpa had at the end of Lost Boys. You know? The kind of, like, you know, like... This That's the problem with Santa Clara. All the damn vampires. It's the problem with Hawkins. All the damn, you know, whatever, you know. Right. Damn space monsters. You know, it just, it's just, yeah. It's just, <laughs> so funny. Like, he just, yeah, like... All this stuff's going on around him, and he's just like, "I gotta go sleep on the couch. I've had enough of this." No, <laughs> but yeah, dude, Dustin, Dustin was like, he's such a champ this season, and Steve, like, putting them together was just perfect. Yeah, like, yeah genius. Yeah, really, whoever came up with that, really good thinking. Oh yeah. So. Well, that was about all the notes I had for this episode. In particular, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add to it? Um, man, that ending, that cliff. Yeah. You know, every time, oh, man, yeah. every time it's, that kid, that kid's killing it as well. Like that is, mm-hmm. I was creeping out the first time I watched this. Just his, when they hold it just about a, like a beat, a beat long enough to really <laughs> make it like, please stop, it's, please yeah, stop making him make that noise. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. His, his, yeah. And I don't know if that kid just decided to screw his face up and shake, or if they did something with the camera or digitally, what, oh, whatever yeah. it is, it works because like, it's creepy. It's terrifying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This season's got kind of a, kind of like a hint of that Cronenberg body horror going on a little bit. Uh, you know, well, with the vines and the yeah, you know, and being they're all fleshy kind of yeah yeah. I mean, just we, but like yeah, spooky. Spooky, spooky. Oof. No, it was good. It was it, good. Um, I was glad to see Hopper. Oh, and I didn't mention it. Hopper had a total, like, Indiana Jones grab the hat, the hat before they yeah. burn the place up. I, was kept cool. th- I, I kept thinking, 
copper, the torch is going out. I like that's all. <laughs> all I can think when he's down there with his little. <laughs> Those are fortune cookies, so. kid. <laughs> Oh gosh, I love that. <laughs> well, I just, I've never even seen the movie. I just remember, um, from an old episode of Earth Destruction Directive where it was some King Kong, Japanese King Kong movie, but dig Kong, dig. I just remember, yeah, dig, <laughs> dig, dig Kong, dig. And that's what I kept saying to Hopper, dig, Hopper, dig. <laughs> well, I love, I love, like, we were joking about his dad bot. Like, I love that he's, you know, I mean, he's he's a popper and he's a badass, but he's also kind of a little bit of a schlub. You oh, know, he's like, a total just, schlub. Like it just, I love like he gets up there and he's trying to dig his way out and he's like, oh, I gotta out take a breath? smoke. Yeah, I gotta take a smoke break. <laughs> and he like, and he's like slides down to have his smoke break, and that's when the vines get him because he yeah, stops yeah. for a smoke yeah. break. And I'm he's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Popper, dude. you do not smoke or drink in a horror movie. Like you should know this. Like uh, he's an adult. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, yeah, he's. But yeah, it was funny. It's, it's the like, like he's part John Carpenter hero, like alpha oh, male, yeah. but he's also like not because he's just no, no, he is. He's 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 Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. You know what I mean? Uh, like he's a little he's, he's he's a little bit of Jack Burton. Like, a little bit, but he's not ineffectual the way Jack is through ninety nine percent of that right, right, movie. Right. I mean, yeah, he's, Jack's just like he's like lucky. a good mix. He's like halfway between Snake and Jack Burton. Like, yeah, you know. all right, all right, I'll, I'll, t- I'll buy that. Yeah, I mean, well, it was funny. Like when he was leaving the cigarettes, like his bread comes. I was like, I was like, oh, is he gonna like, like, is he gonna like snap and go back and pick him up? Because he's like, no, I gotta smoke. I <laughs> can't, I can't been, leave this. That here. I gotta smoke. Amazing. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was waiting for him to like crawl. I was just waiting for a scene where he was like crawling his way back and like smoking the cigarettes as he goes. You know, <laughs> picking him up, smoking him, like you know. Yeah, it's. I think so. it's one of those things too. It's. I mean, it seems like just from what we can infer so far, it's like he was probably in good shape when you know he was in the big city in New York, yeah. And, yeah. You know, was working as a as a detective. Oh and yeah, then, yeah. Then well, marriage... you get that from all the scenes they show of him in his house, like surrounded by empties and ashtrays full of cigarettes, and right. you know he's abusing himself. Oh yeah, my daughter died. Well, got that. My wife left me. Now I'm mm-hmm. back in the town where I grew up, and I have absolutely nothing to do. Right, except right. Except waste like the co- away. Mm-hmm. Coffee and contemplation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally. Oh, I love Hopper. I want to be Hopper. Me too. Yeah. All saying all that, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's my he's, hero. He's uh yeah. I, as much as I love the kids, man. Yeah. The, the kids don't have that, you know. That 70s, 80s haymaker punch in their back pocket that they can bust nope. out. Nope. Right. Right. And that big revolver just shoving somebody's nose, you know. Yeah. And being able well, to wear a uniform that's a half size too small. Too <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Yeah. Well, this is a good one. I'm ready to go watch the next episode. Yeah, I might put it on right now. I might do the same thing. All right, guys. Well, like we said at the top, you can definitely find us on Facebook. I know I say this every time, but I I did add, I think, someone just like two days ago. So we're constantly Ooh. adding people to the Facebook group. Um, Join us. There hasn't been too, too much Stranger, Thing, Stranger Things news. Like I said, I did see maybe on Twitter or Instagram or something that there's starting to be some 
you know, comments about season three. And it's award season, so, you know, David Harbour and some of these people have been at award shows, so that's where some of these things are kind of coming from. But mm. we'll post stuff on the Facebook group, you know, as season three kind of news for that starts hitting. Um, oh, sure. You can always go on there and look for pictures of Chris's uh, awesome Funko Pop oh, collection. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to do a. I'll, do, I'll I'll have to pull them all together and take a big. Ass well, picture. yeah, because you sent us some pictures last week or the week before of. I couldn't quite tell if that was a case that held a couple figures it or held, if it was. It, yeah, it's uh, the eight bit ones. The eight bit, the Target exclusive eight bit versions of the of the characters of the pops. Um, you can get them through if you buy them through Target online. They come in a nice. Uh-huh. Uh, collectible box that holds the like an arcade the case basically yeah nice. it looks like an arcade cabinet it's nice yeah cabinet that's what I meant, yeah yeah i uh i've been on a since the holidays i've been on a pause from buying any new vinyl records just because i kind of got set up <laughs> and was like can i go crazy you know with buying a whole bunch but mm-hmm. i did get an email today from think geek uh-oh. Uh, which I've ne- I, maybe I bought something from them a long time ago. I don't even know why I'm getting these emails. I must have bought something a while back. But mm-hmm. the there's two volumes for season one, two double LPs for season one, yes. and they normally go for like on Amazon, brand new. They're like forty four ninety nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I haven't bought them. I'm like that's too much. But on Think Inc right now, at least for my email, they're both forty percent off. That's nice. Pretty good. So I'm tempted. I'm tempted yeah. to. I I got those on sale myself, and they're they're wonderful. Yeah, Actually, I mean, I've listened to the music quite a bit. I just uh, yeah. I, yeah, my uh, my I last of, I couldn't swing a hundred dollars for four oh, albums. Yeah, you know, totally. yeah, yeah. I my last uh, little purchase I was all from like Christmas money that I'd been given. Right. Um, because I'm so hard to shop for, you know. Um. You know, I you know anything Star Wars, but I diverge. But um, <laughs> no, uh, I got uh, the John Carper anthology, but I also picked up um, from Thing Geek. Actually, I got the same email, and I got the Spider Man Homecoming. Did I send that to you? Did I tell you about that, um, or you just saw it? Too? No, I got one too because they're having like a, and it was like sixty percent off. It was ten dollars. It's nine ninety nine right now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the um, it's like the picture disc with the cool Mondo like custom poster for Spider Man Homecoming. Oh. And I love G. And, and, and the poster score is good. Yeah, and that score's good. Giacchino's awesome, and it has yep. the poster in it. So I was like, sweet, because I kind of missed that Mondo poster. And I like that artist because I have his man for the album and the poster. You can't beat that. I I, I might oh. order that just regardless if I get the Stranger Things yep. ones. But like right. I go on eBay and start looking around for the Stranger Things album on eBay, thinking maybe I can find like so and so on both of them for yeah, you know, a, a cheaper price. No way, they're super expensive. Yeah, that's because the the they've put out a lot of like limited runs on the Stranger Things vinyls, like yeah, different, different colors. colors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and the the last one that I got in my little set was I got Volume Two on vinyl because yeah. I, I already have those two albums you're talking about, right? And so and I got Volume Two and uh, and it's the same thing, beautiful colored vinyl, gatefold and everything. Um, That's the one with like Hop in the Pumpkin Patch when you open yep. it up or something. Yeah, yep. that looks really cool. Yeah, it's got it's got the cool it's got the Drew Struzan esque cover art which I nice. really love. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. It's, yeah, and I listen to it um, quite a bit, you know. Well, we'll yeah. see if I can uh, if I can uh, swing 
I mean, at the, those what? prices, and I'm like, I can't find them for that price anywhere else. Not on Amazon, not on anywhere else I've seen, not on eBay. So I'm like, oh, I might as well. I might just have to go for it. We'll see. Yeah, and if you well, are gonna, it, oh, sorry. Go ahead. What are you, were you going to plug the link? I was going to plug the link. <laughs> if you are going to buy anything, <laughs> use our Amazon <laughs> link. Go, go to oh, two, yeah. go to freaks dot com and click that Amazon link on the left and. Well, and you know what's cool about it? Like, you know, Jonathan and I have gotten into vinyl, which is kind of fun because you get the big albums and all the big cover art and everything. Yeah. It's kind of fun. And I think almost everything that I've bought uh, through Amazon, um, they also give you a digital copy as well. Oh, yeah. The auto rip, so, as it's called. Yeah. So it's great because, like, not only did I get the Stranger Thing on vinyl, but... You know, I've got it all, the whole album is all on my phone and, you know, my iPad and everything automatically as well. So it's, I it, I feel like it's totally worth it, you know. Definitely. So. Yeah, it can't go wrong with Amazon. Nope. And, and it'll help uh, keep not just our show, but there's literally dozens of shows on the network that it helps keep, uh, keep the lights on for everyone and yep. help with hosting costs and more free podcasts for everyone to listen to. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please use that link. Yep. Well, guys, I appreciate your time, and we'll be back sooner rather than later and talk about episode six and uh, see where the story goes next. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. We'll talk to y'all. Uh, talk to y'all later. Thanks. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and a number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two True Freaks. Freaks.